Hello. <laughs> so robotic. Hello. Welcome. You've reached the voicemail of Blush and Stuff. We quit. <laughs> uh, no, we didn't. We didn't, actually. But we've thought about it. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. Conversation about change in life. Something a bit upbeat, though, and maybe if we're thinking about quitting things in our own life, we could fall into this category. James today was showing me his old parkour videos. Fun. (laughs) Parkour, parkour. Yeah, parkour, parkour. I just... (laughs) I just always think of that that Office episode. It's fantastic. And it's like, they're like... Oh, jump in the fridge box, jump in the fridge, and he's like, double backflip, I'm gonna, like, jump onto here, hop and skip, and roll onto this, sidestep, and then he just, like, falls through the box. (laughs) There's also, if you've ever watched, uh, Broad City. Oh, I need to. love Broad City, it's so funny. There's an episode where one of the girls is, like, trying to get out of this awkward situation with her boss, and so she's like, um... I, I parkour, and I have to go do that, or something. And he's like, Abby, you parkour? I'd love to see your work. And he basically, like, asked her to do all these fancy tricks, and she doesn't know what they are. There's, like, one where she's like, he's like, do a double back front front dangle. And she's like, uh, yeah. And she, like, crawls on top of this fire hydrant, and she's, like, just standing on this fire hydrant, like a gargoyle, and he's like, yeah, your technique's actually really impressive. Wow, I did not know you were into this. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm so into it. That's so good. I need a one for it's so funny. ASAP. She's just so awkward. Um, Daniel regularly tells me that if I'm Abby from Broad City. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because she's very awkward, and she gets into, like, these very uncomfortable situations that she's just like, eh. I can kind of see that. <laughs> oh, it's so good, though. I mean that with the utmost respect. <laughs> We're two sides of the same coin, so. <laughs> hey! Ah, what a time to be fucking alive. God damn it. <laughs> wow, the energy's so low. Sorry, everyone. Yes. It's also very late at night. Well, it's not very late. It's 10 p.m. In my brain, it's very... <laughs> yeah, Buffy also works, like, is... I didn't have... I don't have work this week, but Buffy does, and she's, like, up at 4 a.m. every day, so this is pretty much, like, torture right now for her being here. <laughs> she's like, please, just get this over with. And I'm like, let me tell you about my life. Let me... Let me let, I had a great idea. Let's just I was born in 1995. <laughs> In a late December day. <laughs> I mean, you're not far off. It was 6 p.m. It was the first snow of winter, some say. Oh my god. Some say. My mom, she says. <laughs> I'm shooting star. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Little did they know I was that shooting star. <laughs> the stork carried me down. Um, oh my god. Yeah, no, basic. Yeah, so. I. Uh, yeah, here we are. Hi, everything's fine. <laughs> It's like that gif of the person and the dog in the burning house. Oh, yeah. It's Me like, every day. This is fine. <laughs> so good. I love oh, it. Oh, God. I'm still waiting for that um, sweet fiddle. Oh, yes. Um, as is my fiddle instructor. Silly me. I bought, I pre-bought four lessons, and he was like, you can just book them whenever you're not working. Uh, okay, see you in August. Yeah. <laughs> but that'll be a nice treat for him in August. I just can't wait for me to, like, be so good at that one song that he left me with. That's true. But I only know, like, one part of it. I probably only know, like, ten seconds of the song, but I'm going to be so good at those ten seconds, I can't wait. He's going to be like, wow, a a prodigy. Yeah. Forget about four months. (laughs) I think it's awesome. I think it's so wonderful you're learning an instrument. I'm very proud of you. You can borrow it on your week off. (laughs) And then we can have a we can have a duo. You know what? I'm really busy making like potato stamps. So thank you so much, but I'm gonna have to. Pass. You're finally making your potato stamps. That's so exciting for you. No, I'm not. I was completely kidding. Oh, I thought you said. <laughs> I thought you wanted to make those in real life. Probably. I probably joked about it once by the time. Amazing memory. I don't think I've talked about potatoes and stamps in a sentence for at least six months. Oh, I have a vivid memory of us having a conversation about that. But now I'm now I'm looking back and I'm like, was that a joke the whole time? And I totally took it seriously. Maybe. You probably thought I had a collection. You, like, come out to my balcony. And I, like, like, buy you a bunch of potatoes. Yeah. I'm like, to help with your art. You brought, like, stencils for me to carve them out. I'm just, like, whittling away carb. While I play, like, a nice fiddle on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> You're whittling potatoes. I, like, one-tap shoe on and I'm just like... <laughs> 
It's like a, the neighbors were like, "Oh, look at the two good, the two Mormon girls." We're suddenly in like Nova Scotia. You know, we can afford a house because all homes are under like four hundred thousand. Yeah, seriously. They're not a starting price for a fucking box in Vancouver. God, yeah, in Vancouver, if you're like, "Oh, our budget's a half a million," they're like, "That's cute. You can get a one bedroom," and by that I mean a bedroom that you'll share with three people. Yeah, literally. Hey, yeah, yeah, is right. Um, on the note of being broke, let's talk about films because mine's not about being broke. Well, what a beautiful segue! I don't know what that was. It sound it sounded way better in my head. <laughs> Dude, before we move on to that, we should totally give Amy another shout out. Oh yes, let's do that. Sweet Amy at High Noon Art. Ah. She's been pumping out some really sweet paintings. I actually have to give, like, a personal shout-out. She did a commission for me, and she just sent me pictures of it because it's almost done. Yeah? And it's so freaking beautiful. It's so much more than I, like, I had this idea in my head, and I tried to, like, like relay it to her. And she just, like, took that idea and ran with it, and it's just, like, so much better than anything I could have ever expected. I can't wait to hang it on my wall. I already have the perfect spot. I'm so excited. She's so freaking good. What an amazing person to have paint you something so personalized and personal. I know, and I'm just so excited because I'm going to hang it on my wall and I'm going to step back and I'm going to think to myself, I'm the only person in this entire planet with this painting. That's amazing. That's pretty cool, actually. I don't have any art in my place like that. It's super cool. It's super cool. And that's kind of like a fun thing about supporting local artists is a lot of the time, especially when you do commissions, it's, it's just for you. And... With Amy especially, like, a lot of the things she doesn't recreate, like, she'll do her paint, she'll do the painting, and then that's the only one that she'll make like it. So you get, like, a very personal piece of artwork, and I just love that. Yeah, Amy Perry is our Artist of the Month at April, and she's an absolute babe based in White Rock, so she's, I classify as a local. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. And we mentioned her in our previous um, episode, and we just go check her out. Go support local artists. Her work is amazing. And if you maybe don't have any funds to buy anything yet, just go check out her page and read her poetry. Give her and just, a like. Like, soak mm-hmm. in all that really good energy that I think she just vibrates at high velocities. Oh, I totally agree. She's also just started a Patreon, and there's some really amazing content she puts on there. So there's just so many ways to support, honestly. Yeah. And you can see her at underscore high.noon.art <laughs> underscore... We should get into infomercials after the podcast. I was going to say, like, I'd be the worst and be like, okay, just read this. And I'd be like, terms and conditions. Um, wait, what? <laughs> like, what's this for? What page am I supposed to be on? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> oh, God. I now I just started yawning. I literally, that was my reaction to doing infomercials. Infomercials? What are they called? I don't even know. Yeah, infomercials, yeah. Brain broke. Because it's information. Ah. Brain broke. Brain, brain broke. Let me use few words. Brain broke. Can't. Brain broke. Brain brain broke. Love. High noon art. Peace. Love. Peace. <laughs> Kitty meow meow. <laughs> Rar. Rar. Oh, scary. Oh, scary. What is happening? Why did I get flashbacks to being a scene kid? I w- me and Ruby are FaceTiming right now as we record this, and I wish you could see the little hand gesture she just did while she said rawr. It's kind of like if an emu was feeding. Rawr. Yeah, or like a little scoop. Like a little... Yeah, like a little kitty, like... Rawr. Yeah, or like your hand is the emu's head. Rawr. Rawr, rawr. Also, it's such a sin that we're not allowed to be together. Yeah, I know. The, How rude. I mean, the world is probably like, this is for the greater good. Is it, though? Is it for the greater, the greater good? Greater good, my fucking ass. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Because he's the one to one blame <laughs> A fictional fairy tale. Oh, oh sorry. God. I apologize for anyone that's listening. Oh, that's so funny. I support anyone's religious beliefs. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> Just don't force them on me. It's all going wrong. Uh, it's just this has just been one roller coaster of an introduction. <laughs> I feel like this is a, the best part of the material here that we have to offer. Yeah. So again, yeah. If you listen, okay, right. Yeah. So if you listen to our previous app, uh, we the generator decided that we would 
be doing films based on a book. Anything to add? And that is what we shall do. Squeezing water from a stove. What do you got for me, Buffy? <laughs> Look alive, baby. This God, this thing is still going. We still got it. Oh my god, I had an actor the other day, just a quick side story of Look Alive. This guy's supposed to play, like, a rock star kind of thing. He's wearing leather pants, and they, like, hadn't used him in a while, so he's just, like, sitting in the green room. And, like, the makeup and hair girls are, like, near the green room, or kind of, like, beside that little area. He he freaking, like, stands up, and he's just like, Yeah, baby, I'm back! I'm back! Here we go! And just total actor moment where they just have to turn the room to to themselves um and i'm just gonna channel him right now why did he do that uh i think because he was getting tired and hot in the leather pants both at the same time and he had to be a rock star so he was pumping himself up to get in the zone which is i i will now take his lesson and do the same interesting techniques a different breed of human Hmm. I'm unsure if I respect or am confused by them. There's a little bit of both there for me, for sure. That's a question I'm okay having unanswered. And on that note, let's talk about some actors. <laughs> shall I comment? Shall I tell us what film you're doing that was based on a book. I'm gonna do dun, 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 The Great Gatsby. Oh, classic. An absolute reading classic for grades 7 to 10. An absolute classic. Uh, it's actually, you know, very good book if you've read it. Uh, it's also a cool movie. Very pretty movie. I thought it was really gorgeous from like the costumes and the sets. Yeah, the makeup, it's stunning. Super glamorous. That's lemon. Really pretty. Mm hmm. Let's get into it. Little summary, little summary, although like Ruby said, if you attended grade 7 to grade 10, at any point in your life, you've probably familiarized yourself with this book. It's a short story, too. It's it's, a small novel. It is. Yeah, it's not that big. Um, It's written by F. Scott Fitzgerald, published in 1925. It tells the story of Jay Gatsby, a millionaire in the Roaring Twenties, Jazz Age New York, as he pursues the love he lost years prior, the great Daisy. Oh. I have a lot of opinions about Daisy. Fair enough. Fair enough. We share the same hair color and that's it. And that's it. We shall share (laughs) nothing more. She is a flower and I'm a stone. That's me as you, because your name's Ruby. I'm not a stone, obviously. My name's Yeah, I know. It's a nice name. (laughs) I actually had a Tad come up to me the other day and ask me if I was... One of the assistants in the makeup department, he thought that I was her, um, and he also thought that I was in the hair department. Awesome. So wrong on both accounts, really, but I think I'm just unmemorable. You know what? I'm okay with that. Honestly, it's kind of a blessing for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're very memorable. You've been very impressionable in my life and extremely memorable. Oh, stop. Stop. We already had a heart-to-heart well, an hour ago. We can't have another one. I'll get emotional again. <laughs> I just hear Freddy in the background like, Mom! Mom! I know, he's like sitting outside the door. I can see his paws under the crack. Is he like, rawr? Rawr, Mom! (laughs) Let me in there. What are you doing? Um, So the film was released in 2013, written and and directed by Boz Lerman. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio as Gatsby, Carrie Mulligan as Daisy, and Tobey Maguire as Nick Carraway. Delicious. Delicious. Tobey Maguire, I have a lot of opinions about him. Most of them not great, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, have you read the book Molly's Game? No. Oh, no, but I've watched the movie. Yeah, so they don't tell you. Wait, is he... I do... Right, he plays the the guy... Right, who did... What's the guy in the movie? I can't remember. But he plays him, right? Yeah, like... Like, he, there's, like, the select... Like, the movie star, and that's, like, supposed to be Tobey yeah, Maguire? Yeah, yeah. So, like, basically, um, the book doesn't hold back. They name a the author names a few people, but then hides people's identities. But Toby Maguire, she put in because he is just like, and what he did is just like an awful human being. And I mean, I'm just basing my whole perception of him off that scene in Spider-Man where he's wearing eyeliner and walking down the street clicking. Um, and then this book. <laughs> so. Seriously, and I think that's enough to judge a person. I yeah. agree. 
Um, I was surprised he was in this movie. I was like, to be honest, Tobey Maguire, I think this movie's a bit out of your league, but that's fine. It's what it is. Um, in the makeup, that's just my hot take. In the makeup department, we have the designer as Maurizio Silvi. Um, and the key was Wizzy Molino. I hope I'm saying everybody's name right. Um, and then also Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio had their own personal makeup artist. Leo's was Cyan Gregg and Toby's was Luann Claps. Dude, you have sirens going on in the background? Yes. I moved downtown and this is pretty much the soundtrack to my life now. I mean, I kind of like cityscapes. I do too. Honestly, sometimes when it's really quiet, I'm like, eh. But sometimes also when it's really loud, I'm like, eh. Yeah. There's really... No I am anything. also listening to what you're saying. Thank yeah. you. Please continue. You. Like I said, the makeup, the hair, the costumes, the sets, this film screams extravagance and glamour, which is fitting for the man that this story is about. Mm. Great Gatsby. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to focus on him. I'm going to focus on our leading lady, Daisy Boshannon Man. Boshannon Man Man. <laughs> Boshannon Man Man. Banana. Fofana. 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 Bumbana banana. Ooh. <laughs> Killed it. She wore a yellow polka top bikini. <laughs> I think that's the wrong song. Oh, uh, I tried. And yeah, so I'm going to just talk about her makeup, how they designed it, all the good stuff. Um, so I found a quote from, um, I believe it's from Maurizio Sylvie, the makeup designer, um, about working with Boz Lerman and the designing process of the characters. And she says, Boz's vision for makeup is strictly linked to the harmonized costumes and light used throughout the film, giving each character a strong and powerful soul. During the first meetings we had with Boz and Catherine Martin, the costume designer, we viewed several images and paintings that depicted the fashion, hair, and makeup of that specific historical moment in time. We then gradually carried out numerous makeup tests on the main characters and extras to determine what makeup would work the best. Yes. Because of that extravagance and the amount of party scenes this film features, Sylvie wanted the character of Daisy to stand out amongst all the party girls around her. To achieve this, she designed the look to be more natural and more soft. Her eyes and cheeks were kept very, like, soft, very pink, very, like, um... Compared to everyone else in the film, she's quite neutral for, for the 20s, if that makes sense. I think it was... A, I think they did a good job at kind of marrying, like... The 1920s, which was actually very heavy makeup, and but also having her kind of have her own version of it where she didn't look like the other girls. She's not like the other girls. On her eyes, they blended a washy application of black. I imagine they chose the individual's lashes as opposed to strip lashes because they're easier to manipulate and to keep a natural look while giving the drama that mascara alone can't achieve. To keep her looking period at... To keep her looking period accurate, Mulligan was instructed to avoid the sun as much as possible because she couldn't have a tanned or sun-kissed look at all. So any That makes sense. Yeah, because that was just wasn't the style in the 1920s. Considering that this was shot in Australia. Oh. Quite, quite the challenge. Fun fact there. Oh. Baz Luhrmann's Australian, I think. Oh, there you go. I think. Don't quote me on that. Sylvie would apply a pink-based foundation by Clinique to her face and neck to create that soft freshness as the base of her makeup. Her cheeks were kept gentle pink as well. I'm thinking like something like MAC Desert Rose, if you're familiar with that color. It's like a very dusty pink shade. Very flattering on a lot of skin cones. Yeah, it's a great blush. I have it on my kit, actually. I love it. Aww. I have to say that I think her skin being more fresh and natural looking while blending the 1920s style on her eye really created a more modern, clean, polished aesthetic look that we love. Just a really great combo. It, they kind of like fused this like soft, natural, modern with 1920s smoky eye realness. Yeah, she's stunning in it. She's so yeah. beautiful. And she her really hair is. and this, everything. Yeah, makeup and like her cool. costumes. Yeah, she's got a really, they did a really great job at designing her character. Mm -hmm completely glamorized and Carrie Mulligan just has those like big eyes as well that yeah. make Daisy so much more I think like impressionable and like she's vulnerable yeah exactly I was just gonna say like the way that they it almost looks more like innocent yeah totally. you know she looks very and like Daisy's so yeah she's so that character too yeah 
Sylvie opted against a red lip on her because he thought it would be too bold for the character and not really her style. Instead, he used a light pink nude shade from Chanel. I found a similar shade, I believe, um, Chanel Rouge Allure in Sud du Sang. Oh, very nice. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. One thing to note, Daisy did not sport the classic 1920s bee-stung lips. I think that this was done because, again, they wanted to set her apart from other girls. And if you look at the background, a lot of them have those classic, like, little bow lips that were really popular yeah. in the 20s. Mm-hmm. But Daisy's character doesn't have those. And I think, it like, it was just another step that they did to just, for the audience to consciously be like, oh, she looks different than the other yeah. girls. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. For all the ways they tried to allow this character to stand out among the other women in this film, Sylvie did want her eyebrows to be as period did want her eyebrows to be as period accurate as possible. He says, The eyebrows are the most important part of the face because they represent the fashion of the time. Her eyebrows were her eyebrows were actually plucked into that signature nineteen twenties bow shape. Oh nice. Yeah, they actually they went all out. They went all out with that one. And I actually read a funny comment from Sylvie because they hired so many background extras extras for all the extravagant party scenes, he said he would go walking around downtown Sydney and see tons of women walking around with their eyebrows plucked into the 1920s shape because they were all, there were so many backgrounds, so. Oh, wow. So he yeah, just so, recognized. Yeah. yeah, he would just see them with that, like, round eyebrow, and he'd be like, oh, you're one of the background on the movie yeah. I'm working on. Good yeah. on the background for plucking their brows. Seriously, that's some dedication. To background work. I, I recall, like, Carrie Mulligan's brows looking very long. Yeah. Like, just the classic look, like, very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the 1920s, it was very, like, that half-moon round shape, and then it was, like, very, like, dragged down. Yes, yeah, it's very, you like, know. also another Baz Luhrmann film, Moulin Rouge, when Nicole Kidman has that, like, similar, like, long Yes, brow. yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of background extras, I have to mention the absolutely beautiful work that went on in the background tent so many scenes are filled with these party girls that are done up and they all have this dark signature smoky eye it's very round it's really gorgeous they have bee stung lips this kind of film i think would be so fun to spend a day on just like getting to do background because it's makeup that you don't get to do a lot that kind of makeup you know it's just not in style anymore yeah, 1920s makeup super fun. It, like, looks weird, but it's, like, it's crazy to think that 100 years later the makeup's so vastly different from what it was. Yeah, exactly, and it's so, like, iconic to that decade. Like, you mm-hmm. look at a 1920s makeup and you know right away it's from the 1920s just because it was just so original to that. Like, when you look at it, even just compared to the 30s, the style of makeup oh, that yeah. women wore in the 30s is totally different from what was popular in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Um I would also like to mention that I have very small lips. And Me too! I think I would have been a super popular lady in the 1920s. Um, my lips are naturally kind of a bee-stung shape. So, a humble brag. <laughs> but if we're going back 100 years, I think I'd be pretty popular. I think you would. I think you would, babe. And I mean that with the utmost respect. And I think I might be too. I agree. I think we would have been some hot frickin' tamales back in the... I mean, we still are. <laughs> I mean, Yes. A hundred years ago. We were just a hundred years late. Seriously. I mean, also, I, one pandemic's enough. I don't think I'd want to have the Spanish flu, what they had, so. That's true. There's a lot that it can stay in that decade, you know. Yeah, I mean, women's women's rights. rights. Yeah. Not so great back then. But I'd love to attend a Great Gatsby party. Same. Maybe a themed one. Post-COVID. Let's do it. Post-COVID. Perhaps on a nice December evening. Oh, when the first snow Yes. And we see shooting stars. And a stork flying away. <laughs> the empty bride. <laughs> the baby's out them. and both out and 26 years old now. Well, not now, but we'll be by then. Yes. Wait. Yes. That's right. Yeah, I'm 26 in December. Right, okay. I was right. I was like, hold on. Doing quick math in my head here. <laughs> it's like that meme so all the qu- calculations i'm like happening. that this is the year she was born this is the year it is now yeah i love um when Leonardo DiCaprio is always like oh sport <laughs> oh sport throughout that whole movie seriously yeah and joel yeah. egerton's one of my favorite actors too yeah it's a really good movie if you haven't seen it it's like kind of one of those movies that 
I don't honestly I I sometimes put it on now and I don't even pay attention to it. I just like like having it on in the background. Yeah, it's so pretty. I think Kanye did all the music or no, not Kanye. Jay-Z. Jay-Z, yes, yeah. That's who it is. Mm, I think did all the music. It's just beautiful and it's stylized. It's just yeah, like all the costumes are so pretty and, and like set deck. Yeah, and oh the my god. It's just flawless. Oh it's so yeah. flawless. If you and just like want a movie where it's just like Fun. it's just so fun to look at and to like even to not even watch like the main characters when they're on screen but watch what's going on behind them and yeah. around them it's just like so immersive they've just did such a good job at just totally creating this universe for that film i agree 10 out of 10 10 out of would 10 recommend. and beautiful that's what i got for you i love it thank you friend i appreciate your hard work and research and then regurgitation thank you i am a parrot as they say so, mine, <laughs> my film isn't as pretty to look at. It's actually quite horrifying. Oh, no. I actually don't remember what you said yeah. you were doing. I, uh, what are you talking about? We never tell each other what Never. I've never it's known what, oh, yes, you're right. I have no idea. Why would I ever know? Surprise oh, me. we're just like, so. <laughs> I'm giving away all of our secrets. Fluid and wild and there's no secret recipe. There. <laughs> this isn't the crusty crab. <laughs> um. So, it's crusty. Yes. Though. The oh, <laughs> so we'll um, my film adaptation from a book is an absolute classic by the wonderful author Ronald Dahl. Roald. Roald. Just before we move forward, in the UK, I grew up with him just being like Roald Dahl. So if I say like Roald Dahl, please don't think that I'm just lazy and I'm not <laughs> saying his name. His name. He's like I believe he was born in Norway. Mm. Probably should have researched that. I think I saw that. Um, he was a beautiful, iconic writer, so I probably should... My Mr. Dahl, I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah, if I say Roald Dahl, it's Roald, but it might be a bit of an accent pronunciation. He's just Roald Dahl. Good on Roald Dahl. Okay, guys, I'm doing a movie from a Roald Dahl book. Why do I feel like I'm being questioned here? I'm not even... <laughs> I know, you're just laughing at me through bloody FaceTime. <sighs> okay. So, obviously, we know that Mr. Dahl is responsible for many wonderful books that have been created into iconic films. So, the film I am going to be doing is The Witches. Nice. But the original film, the 1990 version with Angelica Houston, not the recent 2021 with Anne Hathaway. Yes, okay, interesting. Yeah. So, we're, we're going back 30 years. Um, but before I plunge into that, let's just take a look at Roald Dahl's work. He was a British novelist, short story writer, poet and screenwriter, and wartime fighter pilot. Hmm, interesting. I didn't know that about him. Yeah, pretty cool. And his books have sold more than 250 million copies. <laughs> Not doing too bad for himself. Film adaptations from the books um, have included Fantastic Mr. Fox, Matilda, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, The BFG, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, oh, James and the Giant Peach. Wow. Literally, to name a few. Oh my god, I didn't know that he wrote James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I also didn't know that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was based on a book. Shows how... Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I love you. ...cultured I am. I used to have that movie, and it was like, it's like a movie from like the 50s, or like 60s maybe. It's an old movie, but I used to have it on DVD as a child. Is that the one with the child capture, and he's like... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like, on the cover, they're like in a car, or something, like, and it's like flying, you know? Yeah. Or it's a mattress. It's a bed. It's a bed. But, uh, yeah, I'm also a huge fan of Wes Anderson's adaptation of Fantastic Mr. Yes, Fox. Yes, that's another good movie. With George Clooney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. But, um, yeah, oh, and also, fun fact, Dahl invented the words from Diliumptrous. Oh, fun. Yeah. And I, like, typed it in on Word, and it didn't come up with a little really red line. Because it like, knows. Oh. It's a real word. It's a real word. Wow, I want to invent a word like that. Right? That's a cool word to invent, yeah. too. Um, so, sadly, Roald Dahl passed away in 1990, so the year the film came out. But his memory lives on in many of his books, many of his films, like we've just been talking about, but also his wife set up a charity that continues today called the Roald Dahl Marvelous Children's Charity, what centers around helping and empowering very seriously ill children to lead a marvelous life. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. So he had a massively impactful life and career, a true legacy. My author's better than yours, not <laughs> Listen, Linda. <laughs> Fitzgerald did his part. He did good. You know. Was he Roald Dahl? 
up for debate. I don't know enough about fish tail. Neither do I'm I. I'm a cultured swine. I have to say, I am in the same boat with you in that swine boat. I'm in the pen. Welcome to our swine boat. <laughs> you know what? Join us. I would love to be in a swine boat. I freaking love pigs, so sign me up. <laughs> yeah, me too. I would be like, you're my friend, and you're my friend, and, and I'm gonna cuddle with you tonight. You want a belly rub? Let's put some little bows in your hair. They're just so mm-hmm. cute. I also I'd love the ocean. Boats and pigs. Sounds oh. like a great time to me, to be honest. Let's just make this happen. Wow, we could sell tickets. No, I don't want to do that, actually. No. No, I changed no, my no, mind. No. no tickets. We'll let anyone join for free as long as they're nice. Yeah, but they can only ride for, like, a week or so. Yeah, because the pig needs... Maybe not even. The pigs need... Like, three days excursions. The pigs need breaks. Totally. And me. Oh. Nothing selfish. I need breaks. I don't like people. Well, I'll go out with the pigs without you. It's okay. I'll carry this business on my shoulders. It's fine. <laughs> No, I like pigs and I like you, but if other people join... Oh, fair enough. Very selective. <laughs> Some would say. Okay, so anyway, I'm talking about the witches. Ba-ba-da-ba. Our recently... So this is what it's about, by the way. Our recently orphaned young boy is taken to a seaside hotel in England by his grandmama. Mm, not sketchy at all. Is, <laughs> no? <laughs> who is recuperi- recuperating after an illness. Also, staying at that... Their hotel is a group of witches who have gathered to prepare a plot to rid England of all children. No! That would have been me! It would have been you. <laughs> I would have been safe in Canada. You and your mountains and your... <laughs> My Rockies. Your rock. I was going to say free healthcare, but England has free healthcare. You and your non-Brexit living life. <laughs> My maple syrup. All I've got is a Yorkshire pudding and a pork pie. <laughs> and a pork pie! <laughs> You have those mince pies, too. Those were really good. Yeah, fruit mince pies. I say mince pies over here, and everyone's just like, what? Well, I liked them. It's fruit. Yeah, delicious. I ate those things over there. I had some for breakfast. I'm going to be honest with you. The ones that you left me, I was eating them like they were Danishes. Yeah, you should. I was like, it has jam in them. It's pretty much breakfast food. (laughs) Oh, they're so good. They're so good. I love a good mince pie. All right. So, I'm going to jump in with our makeup team. We have Christine Beveridge, that was our HOD. We have Steve Norrington, who did a lot of Angelica Houston's makeup as the witch. Uh, we also have a Nigel Booth and a Lindsay McGowan, who helped with sculpting and prosthetics. And then the assistant's makeup. There was Sally Harrison and Sally Sutton. Shout out to the Sally. Nice. Yeah. And the character I'm going to be concentrating on is obviously the Grand High Witch, a.k.a. Angel- Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. So this film is known its makeup it became a viewer's most memorable detail in the film um it's it's very graphic some would say oh. um so the grand high witch's makeup before have you seen the film by the way um a lot i was like i was little the last time i watched it yeah so i remember too. i remember like bits and pieces of it yeah so do you know like the reveal of like turning into a witch this happens like really close to the start of the movie um, Angelica Houston stood on the stage and it's like they're all in this hall together and they're about to all, all these women are about to undress into, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The witches. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of start from there. So before the Grand High Witch um, takes off her skin, like peels back and reveals her true self, I'm just going to talk about Angelica Houston's makeup. Um, so she has a very classic bright red lip, pale skin. Not as pale as Morticia Adams, but pale skin, a light purple eyeshadow, and Houston has that amazing space from her upper lash line to her eyebrow mm-hmm. that was really amplified with Morticia's look, with face tapes included, what we talked about in our season one Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just like, I just wanted to know that she is just wonderful Facebook, she really up. does. She's got some great. You can do some a lot of cool stuff with that you canvas. Some good art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she also this look is completed with a black flecked liner and some false lashes. And this is her human look, despite having purple contacts. I think she had purple contacts. So that's like yeah. her in her like pretty disguise, basically. Yes, yes, that's her in her disguise. Okay. So, but moving on to her witch appearance. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, it took seven hours to apply. Oh my god, what is with these numbers? I can't, I can't do it. I can't. No, I can't. And five hours to remove. Oh, oh. I know. 
No, thank you. I'm good. Um, oh, I wish I could, but I don't want to. Hire us, though. We're good makeup artists, we swear. <laughs> Join us on our swine cruise. <laughs> our swine cruise. Delicious. <laughs> not not delicious like that. Delicious no. like a delicious fun time. Yes. Not delicious in the way you're thinking, you dirty cottables. No. No. Never. Never. Sweet angels. Don't say that in front of them. Yeah, but seriously, no, we are good. We're good makeup artists. Just long times are scary. Moving on. Um, so I... So I, this is... Okay, just before I dive into this, I actually found it very hard to get a lot of information about this, surprisingly. That does surprise um, me. Because it's such a big, like, practical effects film. Yeah. And, and there is some stuff that I was able to find, but this makeup specifically, I searched... High and wide, and watch wow. someone just send me a link now and be like, I found it right here. I found a whole um, documentary. <laughs> I know, and I'll be like, all right. Rude. A um, <laughs> little bit, little bit rude, a little bit late. But I, so this is kind of what I think by looking at it and analyzing it in my little baby brain. So I think that Angelica Houston for The Grand High Witch was probably wearing a very large over-the-head cow, giving her a slight hunch over her dress and carrying the makeup down onto her chest. So I believe it was this big over the head kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, going over her dress slightly too and then like obviously neatly tucking in, but just like giving this uh altering the body shape for sure. Oh yes, that is the term I'm looking for. Altering her back, altering her front, and I think her head looks slightly larger too. It does. It's like very like uh, conish almost. It's you know, there's there's a yeah. lot of extra flesh there. What also makes sense because she has some very like heightened features as well mm -hmm. um, in this look. Um, so I believe this was all made out of foam latex. Also, this mask included larger facial features, like I just said. So her nose, her ears, her earlobes are super long. Yeah. Um, her eyebrows, chin, jowls, lips, they were all much larger. This the eyeshadow. Oh, oh yeah, honey. <laughs> that was large. The sculpt for this looked very big and saggy and ghoul-like. It's very frightening, I think, for the 1990s. Especially, Especially for a child. Ch yeah, I was going to say, as a children's movie, it's quite quite graphic. Yes, and I think that's why people remember it so well. And she literally, like, you see her because she's like, ripped off her skin. Yes. Um, so the makeup of the sculpt is also covered in bumps and boils. It's a very textured prosthetic and lots of folds. It would have been really fun to sculpt, I think. I think it would have been... Would have been a time. <laughs> would have been an absolute time. A career-changing time. And we also have, like, white-gray hairs sporadically punched into the chin, what would have been done after painting's done, like, one of the final pieces with the hair punching them in. And they're also seen on the shoulders as well. It's kind of gross. Ooh, in a mole. Gross. Yeah, I know. In a mole on her nose um, and a few more on the top of her head. But just adding to this creature appeal. Um, I think the paintwork is thick heavy skin coloration all over the whole prosthetic what makes sense because we've mentioned time and time before that foam latex is extremely mm -hmm. opaque mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i think that they had a lot of highlight and shadows going on possibly like alcohol paints but also creams i think i, I was gonna say i bet you more so than alcohol a lot of cream paint probably which is super impressive i think we talk yes. about that all the time that anytime there's cream involved we're like wow how we wow the talent so much harder to layer mm -hmm. and blend Ugh. yeah and grease paint too that's also super gets hard. muddy so fast comes off so fast and they like, were just needs the constant available. attention yeah the so yeah like i said the paint works very thick and um she has a lot of browns and like bile colors i feel like textured over her skin and like highlighting some of these boil boils and folds and uh, that's what I think they seem to be used. And then the eye makeup transitioning to purple kind of goes into light blue. Ugh. I don't know if that was on purpose, but I think this like light blue is so amplified and freaky because she also has red lips. I know she's deep, like so. Yeah, it's like your your grandma. It's like the I don't know. It's just like it's like jarring. <laughs> yeah, it's super jarring. But I think that's what they were gaining from like familiarity of like. From her before to like now kind of yeah. thing. Um, another point about the sculpt is that when you're looking at her shoulders and chest, the sculpt almost looks like it's inspired by muscle. It looks like how your muscle looks under the skin. What I thought makes it look 
a lot more gruesome and that she has this very like heightened bony shoulders yeah so it's all like ah what am i looking at here <laughs> everything's also, all wrong all, yeah there's just all these sores and discoloration over her head and from wearing a wig all the time and hiding like the witch's identity this is shared amongst the other witches too what i'm going to chat a little bit about later so yeah they kind of have this on there like the bald cap and the bald like part of the prosthetic it's very like bumps and gross sores and these bony shoulders and this like muscle like chest texture it's all like a lot it's like literally like i said it's like eh, what am i looking at what am i looking at here um so moving down the body to the hands they were also covered in makeup from the research i gathered i believe these were gloves um mm. that they slipped on or many wraparound prosthetics around the arms wrists and fingers i saw a quote from houston saying that the natural tip of her fingers was acting as the knuckles when she was in the witch makeup. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so super long, and also, yeah, giving a bend as well. Yeah, yeah. And she's got those long nails, too. Yes, yes. And they're very, very like, long and black. Yeah, and icky. And just yeah, very, scary. <laughs> very extra. I mean, now that's in style, so good for her. She said it was very problematic when going to the bathroom. I bet. There's a lot of TikToks about that now. Is that? Yeah, like, girls are like, you don't know how I go to the bathroom. I'll show you. <laughs> oh. Well, not I need you know. your algor- algorithm. <laughs> it's a lot of cute animals, actually. Aw. I'm I send most of them to you. You seem pretty much we I, I I'm convinced that we have the same algorithm, if I'm being honest with you. Half the videos you send me I've already seen. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> friends. That's how you know we're friends. <laughs> In a modern world. <laughs> um, so another iconic moment in the film is when the Grand High Witch takes off her face, what I mentioned earlier. So she pulls back her wig, like in the scene, this is what we see. She pulls back her wig and then starts to rip down her forehead. <laughs> Literally, dude, like it's kind of, I've seen it, but it makes me feel ill thinking about it. So in my humble opinion, what I think they did, because I couldn't find confirmation of this, but I think they applied a bowl cap to Angelica Houston, colored it as the witch, as they would, and then used a wig to mimic her hair. And she's kind of got that Cleopatra boxy Mm -hmm. haircut in it. And then they just stuck on a forehead piece, giving the indication that she was undressing her skin without the effects of CG. Right. And then they they probably cut it kind of thing. And then I think it cuts when you're like face on and then it like comes back to her like in the full makeup. In the full makeup. And they just would have had like a fake skin you don't see like angelica's face like as a prosthetic skin hanging around oh god like a piece of ham or something (laughs) yeah so i feel like they kind of cheated it that way yeah um that's my take on it apparently they uh did the full effect or they were going to do something else with this scene but they couldn't show this fully because they wanted the film rating to remain a pg and if they pushed this like skin peel off too far it would have exceeded a pg rating I'm surprised it's only PG, if I'm being honest with you. I'm surprised that they were able to get that. This was also the same for the transition of the boy to a mouse, what is also another fantastic practical effects makeup look. And it's like that iconic bit where the boy is shrinking to a mouse and Angelica Houston stood over him, like, waving as the clothes are, like, getting smaller. So they did that instead of showing this morphing of a mouse. Yeah. Because they were like, this is scary for kids. Stop. (laughs) They're not going to like that at all. Please stop. (laughs) Um, so the background witches, the featured ones have a lot of bald caps, a lot of teeth. Oh, I think also Angelica Houston had some teeth in too. Mm -hmm. And they're just kind of like discolored in between, like the individual teeth. And they kind of look a bit like sticky out-ish on some characters. Um, and then these, they have these sores all over their hair, what I think is caused from the wigs they're continuously wearing. And some of them look like boils almost. Um, they're not as gross as the high witch what evidently distinguishes her from the rest. Um, they still remain quite human, so maybe the high witch is a bit more ancient looking. Mm. Um, also explains why her chest looks like muscle, like <laughs> thin skin. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently when shooting these larger witch background days, the makeup team asked casting to look for bald women as bald caps are very time consuming. Mm-hmm. But also, sense. Yeah, but also bald men. So now that I've said that, if you rewatch the scene with them all in the hall, 
you will spot so many bald men and lipstick in the audience. You know what, that actually kind of worked out for them, too, because then they'd be like, nice, you already have, like, a big feature, we can work with this, like, a big stature kind of thing, you know? Exactly, exactly. So it's smart, really, and also it saved them on materials and having to bald cap a whole lot of people. Yeah, and, like, imagine that removal, having to de-bald cap, like, 30 women. Ugh. God, the hair prep. But We, like, complain a lot about anything that takes over 30 minutes. <laughs> Seriously, we're like, 40 minutes? Ew, yeah, right. <laughs> An hour removal? Or, like, last week on Crime, when it was, like, for sloth, it was, like, 14 hours. We were like, that's huh? Okay, but that's, like, I've never even in my life heard of that. Like, that, that's, like, that's next level. That's like, I mean, we're not talking about that today, but that is just wild to me still. That, I think of that and I'm like, wow, my job's not that bad, I guess, on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my hour yeah. application. <laughs> Sometimes I've actually had the thought after you told me that, where like, I'll be going home after like a 15 hour day. And I'm like, wow, if I was on that movie, I'd just be getting to work. And when I say work, I mean set. I'd already have yeah. been working the whole day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd be throwing up. Like, I'd just be, like, out the side of the shuttle, just throwing ah! up in disbelief. Like, disbelief this is happening. Um, so, yes, I also think that all the bumps and scabs over all the background would have probably been, like, stock foam pieces that mm. they could apply on the day to also mimic these discolorations and match her in with the high witch. Um, overall, again, like, large background days, large distinguishable makeup, um, a lot of props to the makeup artists to were involved in that and helping out in the VG10 and just that would have taken people hours to do oh yeah and it's you know backgrounds hardly seen sometimes but your work's recognized and appreciated and although Angelica Houston's work is insane and rememberable and classic and absolutely disgustingly wild the background also make it I think we should also say we say BG and BG10 a lot Mm. Uh, just a little like explanation for people who don't know what that means bg is just an abbreviation of background which are just um extras we don't call them extras i don't know if that's like a canadian thing or if that's just like a film thing yeah in the uk they're called essays interesting yeah here we call them background and it's just like the extras in the film and when we say bg tent it's just because usually the makeup trailer's not big enough to process a bunch of background actors, so they'll usually set us up in a tent and they'll just have like a few extra makeup stations where extra makeup artists will go in and process the background, and that's what we mean when we say that. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. No problem. I'm happy to um, help. <laughs> and finally, our HOD Christine Beveridge received a BAFTA nomination from The Witches. And since then, has had a very long, successful career working as personals to Scarlett Johansson and mm. Matt Damon, from what I can tell. Oh, fun. Good for her. She deserved that BAFTA, let me tell you. That was a crazy oh, makeup. Oh, yeah. Also, the film has a very different ending from the book. Have you read the book? No, I have not. It made me bawl my eyes out as oh, a no, child. Oh, God. Okay, Did you spoiler read the book? alert, guys. Like, spoiler You've had your chance. (laughs) Yeah, you've had your chance. Um, So basically, in the film, the boy turns back into a human. I can't remember the ending of the film, so I think I was just so scared from the book. So apparently he turns back into a human from what I was reading. and But in the book, he remains a mouse forever. But he kind of ends up being okay with it because he's an orphan and he loves his grandma. And his grandma only maybe has, like, a couple of years left. And mice life, mouse mice life expectancies are so small, too. So he comes to terms with that. It's actually going to be perfect because maybe he has two, three years and maybe his grandma has two, three years so they won't be without each other. Oh, my God. Dude. That's so sad. Oh, my God. And that's how Roald Dahl ended the bloody oh child's God, book. Roald Dahl, why are you doing us like that? That's so upsetting. No. Oh, well, I just want his grandma to be healthy and him to turn back into a boy. And I don't want him to accept his fate at 10. Oh my god, but I'm sad. God, that's so depressing. I know. On a brighter note, talking of the mice, 
They were ran by puppeteers in the film. Oh, fun. Yeah, so it wasn't CG, obviously. It was all practical effects. It's like an awesome film that's for that. Su- yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, and apparently they made different versions of the mice in different sizes, depending on the scenes they were in, like shots they were doing. Um, and they took 14 weeks to construct at the Jim Henson Studios, and that was the man responsible for the Muppets. Ah, look at that. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to also mention, like I said, there wasn't a lot of CG involved in the 1990 version of The Witches, and I think that's why I wanted to talk about this movie in comparison to the 2020 mm-hmm. version of The Witches. Mm-hmm. Because although I adore the makeup artist on the new film, but I haven't seen it, but I've heard it involves a lot of CG. So I wanted to look into a film that was, you know, before the CG spike. And I think, again, it's no disrespect to the makeup artist involved in the 2020 film because Anne Hathaway looks incredible. And it's this whole other thing that obviously they weren't going through the same as Angelica Houston's look or what Christine Beveridge was designing. But yeah. Just no disrespect to either film, but I just decided to go with the 90s version. Gotta stay true to the 90s. Yeah, collectively, they're all very impressive. Definitely. I also like that we chose, our films are so different, but we still, there's like still the similarities and that they had huge background days and they made the lead very different from the background characters. Yeah. That I found that similarity, which is fun. Do you like that? I found that similarity. This is what I we do. have in common. That's just what we have in common, among many other things. Um, yeah, like our swine boat. I need to stop talking about it. <laughs> no, manifest. It's good. <laughs> okay, okay. Like the Rainforest Cafe. Yes, but on boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we talk about our product and tip? Yeah. Both those films are great. Nothing more to discuss. Beautiful <laughs> makeup, beautiful artists, beautiful books, beautiful films. Voila, 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 round of applause, Oscars for each of us. <laughs> bada boom, bada bing. If only it was that easy. <laughs> it's getting to 11pm, you've got work tomorrow, my dear friend. So, yeah, let's go, do you want to go to tip or product? Let's start off with product. Why don't you start off with product? Tell me about what you found for the beautiful listeners this week. So, beautiful listeners, who we appreciate so much. Thank you so much, guys. Seriously, so yeah. We, I don't know who still listens. We can't say, our, our podcast app is not that great yet but thank you so much if you take the time and you listen to us talk we seriously appreciate it so much it makes our hearts so warm we and work really yeah we we just love it so much we work really hard on these and even just to have like 10 people listen it does mean a lot to us just to, it does to feel special <laughs> and i sometimes wish i could give more attention to this podcast and it turns out when you also work a full-time job that's really hard very difficult to do and we're trying our best i think yeah. also we should say our full-time jobs are like like a double full-time job yeah like they exceed 40 hours so we just really appreciate all of your patience while we adjust to this new schedule and although our content may not be where we want it to be we we appreciate your patience and shout out to you for being sweetness and golden goodness in the world and I just really am proud of this little community that we've created over here at Blush and Stuff. This little neck of the woods. I know. Look at us in our humble life. Aww. I know. I love, I love that. You, friend. I love you too. <laughs> Stop! No! <laughs> We're very emotional. <laughs> no, it's going like a full 180. Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna move on with product. <laughs> yes, keep this train moving. <laughs> Alright, so our product is... Um, by Origins Plant Scription. We're big fans of Origins. We are. They're huge on a vegan, cruelty-free makeup. Yes. What we love. Me and Ruby are really cracking down on the vegan and cruelty-free lines. Actually, on that note, there's a video online right now. It's called Save Ralph. If you wear makeup or you like makeup or you have anything to do with makeup, we really recommend you watch it. It really mm-hmm. does shine a light on how harmful animal testing is and how just destructive. Uh, yeah, and, and how unfortunate the, yeah. the beauty industry is still using animals. Yeah. I think a lot of the times when you buy makeup, it's really easy to not know the process of how that product got in your hand or into Sephora. And when you take a step back and you realize that there are animals that are being tortured every day of their lives 
just so that you can put on that concealer or wear that lipstick, it does really make you second guess the products that you're giving your money to. Yes, and it's about being aware of what you're putting on your skin, but also behind that, it's looking deep into that. We're not talking about putting lipstick on a rabbit. We're talking about the ingredients that is going into making that lipstick. Mm -hmm. And then you're putting that directly onto your face as well. So, like, look at it for you and what's going onto your skin and being absorbed into your bloodstream, but also have empathy towards the animals that lose their lives every day because of the beauty industry. And it's um, despicable and disgraceful and should have never happened in the first place, but it's definitely out of date now. Totally. And there's big fans of ending that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we can actually post something um, about products that don't use animal testing. And yeah. Very much against it too. We should, yeah, we should drop something like that. We've got a great list. And yeah, we definitely should. If you're like looking to buy some new makeup, maybe you could take a look at the list and choose one of the many lines that are joining the fight against stopping animal testing and animal cruelty in the cosmetic industry. Like Origins. Yes, like Origins. That was a great other little subcategory <laughs> that we just went into, a very important one. And Origin, Origins is one of those brands. And so we're really big fans of the anti-aging power eye cream. I've just mm-hmm. started using it. It's very clean and it uses lots of plant extracts. And it's great for oily, dry, or combination skin. So it's really good for a large community of people. You can use a very little amount and that can do you wonders that can go over the eye on the eyelids i feel like i use half a little squirt and i'm more than covered it's like a nice creamy texture and absorbs really well maybe i've just got dry under eyes that's why it absorbs well but You're i like, find wow that, yeah i find it's a great base for any concealer it doesn't dry out and when i'm stressed i get actually quite i've noticed lately i'm getting a lot of eczema around my eyes and mm-hmm. this has really helped soothe that and restore my skin so we're big fans nice yeah um, I'll talk about our tip. We yeah. decided, this is probably going to be like such a basic tip, but we were like, you know what? A lot of people don't know this. I didn't know this until like a year ago. With the summer coming around the corner, sunscreen, obviously we've talked about how important it is. So many of the things that we, like your skin is just your largest organ and you just got to take care of it. You got to take good care of it. And so SPF is so important and not just on your face. I think a lot of people forget the neck and the ears. And the eyelids. And the eyelids, yes. Thank you. I always forget the eyelids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of great skin sunscreen lines out there. Um, I really like the Goddess Garden sunscreen line. They're um, an organic sunscreen, and they're also um, coral reef safe, which is really awesome. Um, a lot of sunscreens are not good for the ocean, unfortunately. When you think about you putting it on your body and then you go swim in the ocean, it, it comes off in the ocean. So this is a sunscreen that is good for that. And they have an awesome line. I love that we've mentioned two things, animal, um, ending animal cruelty, and also being aware of the coral reefs and using sunscreen that doesn't harm them. And we're recording this on Earth Day. Yes. So look at that. On a day to love the planet and all of the things and beings on it. Yes, I agree. And I always forget to sunscreen my neck. So thank you for the reminder. It's so important. It really is. It really your is. Skin will, your skin will thank you later, people. Just did a quick check to see what else Goddess Garden sunscreen has um, to brag about, have you? Um, so not only are they reef safe, but they're also biodegradable, vegan, cruelty-free, and gluten-free. Awesome. So, they're a great product, I have to say. I love that. Yeah. And on that note, oh, we have to select our episode for next week. Oh, every time. I know. Every Almost time. got away from us, but I caught it. <laughs> yes, you did. The <laughs> sneaky generator. Shall I commence? Yes, please. Biographical. Oh. You know, we actually have quite a f- I, we have quite a few good suggestions for that one on our idea board under biographical. I have to say, biographical, hey. There's a couple good ways we could go with that one. Immediately, I think of uh, Lincoln, Daniel Day Lewis, mm. or Gary Oldman as Churchill. Mm. Mm. That is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Didn't that one win an Oscar? Yes. Rightfully so. Darkest Hour. Yes, that's what it was, wasn't it? Lots of options. 
Well, let you stew on that for the next couple weeks. Well, uh, half dress later, sweet humans of Earth. <laughs> of the podcast world? Of the podcast world? Do you want to do a cool little outro because you're so good yes, at it and I'm too lazy? <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. If you want more Blush and Stuff, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Blush and Stuff Pod, or you can follow us on Twitter at Blush and Stuff underscore pod. If you feel like emailing us any product suggestions, tip suggestions, artist of the month suggestions, if you just want to say hi, we literally, I can't tell you how much we love getting messages and emails. We haven't got one yet, but we're excited <laughs> for the day we do. You can email us at blushandstuffpod at gmail.com. We look forward to the day. Our arms are wide open for love. They really are. We have stickers. We'll be on a swine boat. Peace and love. Stay kind, friends. Bye.